This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. From Spotify Studios, this is Dissect, long-form musical analysis broken into short, digestible episodes. I'm your host, Cole Kushner. Today, we continue our serialized analysis of Channel Orange by Frank Ocean. On our last episode, we dissected the first half of the 10-minute epic Pyramids. There we were introduced to Cleopatra, a black queen loosely based on the last ancient Egyptian pharaoh. Her story was told through the eyes of her lover, an unnamed man we suspect was also royalty. Cleopatra was missing, and the narrator believed she'd been kidnapped. Ultimately, he finds her in bed with Samson in the song's second verse. This revelation is followed by Cleopatra's death in the first half's final hook. She's killed by a serpent's bite, a climactic event heightened by Frank's passionate delivery. Immediately following the first half's final hook, we hear the song's middle section, a transportative interlude of hazy sustained chords and arpeggiated synthesizers. Harmonically, this passage begins to shift outside the song's established F minor key signature. The tempo also decreases dramatically, and the overall effect is a loss of time and pulse. This middle section comes to serve as a time-traveling wormhole as the song transitions into its second half. When Ocean finally begins to sing again, he describes motel rooms, women's underwear, lipstick, and high heels. 
it immediately becomes clear we've left our original setting of ancient Egypt and have entered a more contemporary environment. Big sun coming strong through the motel blinds Wake up to your girl, for now let's call her Cleopatra Cleopatra I watch you fix your hair, then put your panties on in the mirror Cleopatra, then your lipstick Cleopatra, then your six inch heels catch her She's headed to the pyramid She's working at the pyramids It's interesting to note that when Frank enters again, his voice comes in almost exactly at the halfway point of the song. Technically, Pyramids has a running length of 9 minutes and 52 seconds, but the song itself ends at the 9.45 mark, with the remaining 7 seconds filled with the last remnants of an echoing synthesizer. The halfway point of 9 minutes and 45 seconds is 4 minutes and 50 seconds, exactly when Ocean enters the song's time-warping second half we find Ocean portraying what seems to be a new character. He says, Big Sun coming strong through the motel blinds. Wake up to your girl, for now let's call her Cleopatra. A quote-unquote Big Sun implies a new day, and in this case, that day is some 2,000 years into the future on the other side of the world. The narrator is inside a motel room, where we also find a woman named Cleopatra. We should note now that the narrator says, Wake up to your girl, a distinction we'll keep in the back of our minds for now. The narrator continues by describing Cleopatra getting ready for work, fixing her hair, putting on lipstick and six-inch heels. With the introduction of the second half's hook, a clue is provided to just what line of work our Cleopatra is involved in. She's working at the pyramid tonight. Working at the pyramid. Working at the pyramid tonight. Working at the pyramid. Working at the after losing our sense of time and tonal center in the song's extended bridge, the hook grounds the second half of Pyramids both harmonically and rhythmically. We find ourselves back in the same F minor key signature as the song's first half. Also, like the first half, we have a descending chord progression, going from an A flat major down to a C minor with a G in the bass and landing on an F minor. Our tempo now is much slower, and the drum pattern is more R&B than it is upbeat dance. This more contemporary musical space helps us set the narrative in the present day. Ocean sings, she's working at the pyramids tonight. It of course calls back to the ancient Egyptian pyramids referenced in the song's first half, though given the setting of a motel, we suspect it to refer to something else entirely. At this point in the narrative, we're not fully equipped to accurately analyze the meaning of the song's hook. Clarity will come after the next verse, in which we're provided more clues on who our new narrator might be. Ain't got no gas tank, but it still got wood grain. Got your girl working for me. Hit the strip and my bills pay. That keep my bills paid. Hit the strip and my bills pay. Keep a nigga bills pay. She's working at the pyramid tonight. With the verse's first line, we're finally given direct clarity of who our new narrator is. A pimp. He says, pimping in my convos, convos being short for Converse shoes. 
He goes on to describe himself and his lifestyle, noting his champagne, top-floor motel suite, blunts, a ruby chain, television, and car. And while he says these things with pride, as if they are descriptions of royalty and high life, when we examine them more carefully, the clever descriptors of these items paint a much different picture. First, he wears Converse shoes, a pretty inexpensive, commonplace sneaker. He resides in a top-floor motel suite, which itself is a kind of oxymoron, as motels are often cheap and sleazy no matter if the room is labeled a suite. The television is a floor-model TV, the one used for an in-store display and typically sold to a consumer for cheap. He mentions his ruby chain, which calls back to the precious Jewel of Africa line in the song's first half. Given all the other clues about our pimp's low-class, sleazy lifestyle, we might suspect his ruby necklace is fake. The verse ends, Got your girl working for me. Hit the strip and my bills paid. That keep my bills paid. These lines provide the revelation that our Cleopatra of the song's second half is a prostitute working for this pimp. She hits the strip, or works the streets, selling herself to make a living. We also note that Pimp says, Got your girl working for me, as if he's talking directly to the narrator of part one. This revelation brings the song's hook into focus, which you'll remember is centered around the repeating line, She's working at the pyramid tonight. She's working at the pyramid tonight. Working at the pyramid. With the mention of the strip in the second verse, it would seem that the pyramid image here is the Luxor Hotel on the Las Vegas Strip a famous 30-story hotel that's shaped like the ancient Egyptian pyramids and features Egyptian-themed interiors. Our black Cleopatra character, once a powerful ancient Egyptian goddess, has been reduced to a prostitute walking the streets of the Las Vegas Strip. Working at the pyramid tonight also takes another sly meaning when we think of the pyramid shape an erection makes when covered by bedsheets. This image was portrayed in the Simpson-like cartoon still image that was used for the cover art that accompanied the pyramid single. It features a man laying in a motel bed, his lower half of the body beneath the bedsheets, and three pyramid shapes being formed by his two feet and his erection. Next to the man is a woman, assumingly our Cleopatra, dressed only in cheetah print underwear, a clever callback to the cheetah's reference in the song's first half. Outside the motel window, we see buildings and a large black pyramid, which I assume is meant to portray the Las Vegas Strip and the large black pyramid-shaped Luxor Hotel. With the revelation of Cleopatra being a prostitute in the present day, it makes us reconsider the final verse on the song's first half. It was there that the narrator found Cleopatra in bed with another man, Samson. Cleopatra being pimped in part two makes us rethink those circumstances. It could well be she was indeed kidnapped, forced to sell her body for money. Regarding the pimp-prostitute relationship of Pyramid's second half, Ocean told The Guardian, quote, I have actual pimps in my family in L.A., it was a fantasy built off that dynamic, but you can only write what you know to a point, unquote. Ocean's elaborate fantasy works itself toward a dramatic conclusion with the song's final verse, which we'll thoroughly dive into right after the break. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians 
who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome back to Dissect. Before the break, it was revealed to us that Cleopatra is now a prostitute in the present day, a far cry from her role as pharaoh in ancient Egypt. With Pyramid's final verse, we get another dramatic plot twist. As you listen, notice that the narrator has changed, now addressing Cleopatra directly, saying you instead of her. You showed up after work, I'm bathing your body Touch you in places only I know You're wet and you're warm just like our bath water Can we make love before you come? The way you say my name makes me feel like I'm that nigga But I'm still unemployed You say it's big but you take it Right out, girl but your love ain't free no more, baby. But your love ain't free no more. She's working at the pyramid tonight. The verse begins You showed up after work, I'm bathing your body, touch you in places only I know. Right away, it's signaled that our narrator has changed. He addresses Cleopatra directly. And the scene is also set in the present tense, happening in real time. They're intimately bathing together, and saying only places I know implies that the two have a shared history. Cleopatra also shows up after work, implying that this intimacy is not work, not an act of prostitution, at least in the mind of the narrator. The narrator then asks, can we make love before you go? With the intimacy of the bathing scene, as well as the narrator's use of the term make love, we suspect he has feelings for Cleopatra, and we might begin wondering if the narrator is somehow connected to the narrator of the song's first half. Ocean continues the verse describing the two sexual relations, focusing on how the act makes the narrator feel empowered despite being unemployed. He says, The way you say my name makes me feel like I'm that N-word, but I'm still unemployed. You say it's big, but you take it. It would seem Cleopatra is purposely masculating our narrator by calling his name and telling him how large his penis is. Pyramid's dramatic plot twist comes with the last verse's final line. Let's have another listen. Ocean sings, but your love ain't free no more, baby. But your love ain't free no more and it's here that the story being told on Pyramid snaps into place. Cleopatra and our current narrator indeed have a history, and all signs point to the identity of our narrator being the abandoned king from the song's first half. With the line, your love ain't free no more, it's revealed to us that he's now having to pay Cleopatra for her time and affection. Where he was once a pharaoh, a king, he's now a broke, unemployed John. The your love ain't free no more line also comments on the state of our modern-day Cleopatra, her love isn't free because she's now a hooker charging money for sex. But more importantly, she's not free, meaning imprisoned, 
imprisoned by a life of prostitution. Once a powerful black pharaoh and goddess, Cleopatra has tragically been reduced to a vehicle of sexual exploitation in contemporary society. Pyramids ends with a moving guitar solo by John Mayer, a kind of epilogue that allows us listeners to decompress and consider what we just experienced. He believed in exactly what he was taught in school. That when he was kidnapped by the white man, he was a savage in the jungle someplace, eating, eating people and throwing spears and with a note bone in his nose. And the average American Negro has that concept of the African continent. It is not his fault. This is what has been given to him by the American educational system. He doesn't realize that there were civilizations and cultures on the African continent at a time when the people in Europe were crawling around in the caves going naked. He doesn't realize that he was living in palaces in, on the African continent when the people in Europe were living in caves. He knows nothing about that. He knows nothing about the ancient Egyptian civilization on the African continent. And because he doesn't know this, when you mention Africa to him, well, he thinks you're talking about a jungle. And I went to Africa uh, uh, in 1959 and didn't see any jungle and didn't see any mud huts until I got back to Harlem in New York City. Conclusions Much of the thematic weight in pyramids is found in the juxtaposition of the song's two halves. In part one, Cleopatra is a pharaoh of ancient Egypt, but more generally, and perhaps more importantly, she's a black queen, a goddess, held in the highest regard in her mother country Africa. Our narrator, a black pharaoh himself and Cleopatra's lover, tragically and desperately attempts to rescue Cleopatra, who he believes has been captured. He imagines her return in a glamorous future that involves a dance party and a luxuriously decorated pyramid. But the reality of the situation proves to be more traumatic, with Cleopatra found in bed with Samson. Our narrator assumes she was cheating, but with the revelation of Cleopatra being a prostitute in the second half, she may have actually been kidnapped. This hellish condition would support Cleopatra's suicide at the end of the song's first half, which you'll remember happened by snakebite. Because we know Cleopatra was never kidnapped in real life, we assume its meaning on pyramids to be metaphoric. And given her fate in contemporary society on part two, it's hard not to view her kidnapping as metaphor for the estimated 12.5 million African black men and women who are captured, brought to the new world, and sold as slaves. Of course, slavery had devastating effects on the development of the black community in America, who once freed, faced a new set of lasting challenges in black codes, the convict lease system, Jim Crow segregation, the war on drugs, and plain old-fashioned racism, just to name a few. Black women in particular face the dual challenge of being both black and a woman, two groups historically oppressed in the United States. Malcolm X, who was the voice featured in the audio clip moments ago, once said, quote, the most disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman, unquote. Since America's inception, Women have worked to gain equal footing with men socially and legally, challenges that last to this day. And present day is exactly where we find Cleopatra on Pyramid's second half. While we know only a very small percentage of black women are prostitutes today, 
we come to understand our second half prostitute Cleopatra as metaphor for the decline of the black woman from African royalty to her current conditions in the US. We find Cleopatra in Sin City being pimped by a man, perhaps an allusion to the historic systemic oppression women have faced. And to this point, we realize that Cleopatra is entirely voiceless on pyramids. Her story is told entirely by the two narrators, both men. By immediately juxtaposing a black woman who is queen of ancient Egypt with a black woman who is now a prostitute in contemporary American society, Ocean forces us to consider the thousands of years in between these two periods and what exactly led to such a tragic decline. The Egyptian black queen represents the fullest potential of the black woman, made possible by a societal structure that incubates and allows for such a position. The black prostitute, on the other hand, represents the lowest potential of the black woman, living in the aftermath of slavery and segregation, oppressed and dominated, their bodies being abused for money. And like Cleopatra, we also find metaphoric messaging in the image of the pyramid. Once a symbol of power and royalty in ancient Egypt, the black pyramid found in America's Sin City becomes a capitalistic symbol of sin and oppression. Also, we need to remember the interior of the pyramid as described in the song's first half. It was a majestic dance club, a futuristic euphoria that our male protagonists fantasized about dancing inside with Cleopatra. But when we arrive in the future on the song's second half, the reality is much bleaker. Cleopatra does not go inside the pyramid, but rather works the streets outside, where she seeks another type of pyramid represented by the male erection. Also wrapped in the tragedy of Ocean's Cleopatra is the tragedy of the male protagonist, who in the song's first half was royalty, Cleopatra's co-ruler. On the song's second half, like Cleopatra, we find our unemployed protagonist lower in the socio-economic food chain. He's still in love with Cleopatra, but because of her position as prostitute, he's sadly forced to pay for their time together. With our male protagonist, we get all the same social and historical implications of Cleopatra's decline, with the added tragedy of a pure love tainted by exploitation and the aftermath of centuries of systemic oppression. In the end, Frank Ocean's Pyramids is a Shakespearean-esque tragedy, showcasing Ocean's subtle but extremely calculated choice of words to narrate a complex story, allowing for multiple interpretations and endless speculation. Admittedly, my final and ultimately subjective analysis today is just one of the myriad ways we can interpret this song. The underlying genius of the track is that while it's loaded with cryptic imagery and mystery, it also adheres to traditional lyrical structure. It allows the song to be enjoyed passively and actively, pleasing to the casual listener, but with enough thematic meat to keep the most scrutinizing enthusiasts feasting. In this way, Pyramids joins an elite class of pop epics, holding its own aside songs like Radiohead's Paranoid Android, Kanye West's Runaway, Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, The Beatles' A Day in the Life, and others. Remember, Pyramids was released a month prior to Channel Orange, a 10-minute quote-unquote single that seemingly no one in the world saw coming. Knowing what we know now some five years and three albums later, we come to see Pyramids as Frank Ocean's artistic flag in the ground, foreshadowing the fearless, forward-looking, genreless artistry that has come to define his career thus far. Within the context of Channel Orange, Pyramids is the album's towering centerpiece, the summit over which the album climbs into its introspective back half, a back half we'll thoroughly dive into next time on Dissect. Dissect is written and produced by me. Additional project support by Spotify's Michelle Santucci. Original theme music by Bureaucratic. Remember, when you listen to Dissect on Spotify, 
you'll get new episodes a week before all other platforms, as well as access to exclusive bonus episodes only available on Spotify. Follow at Dissect Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and follow the official Dissect Spotify user profile for playlists curated by me, as well as collaborative playlists you can contribute to. You can find that by searching Dissect Pod Playlists in Spotify. Okay, thanks everyone. Talk to you next week.